Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Midlands Young Life. This is a leadership given on Friday, August 24th from Alex Holroyd on Mark 4 and 5 titled, Going to the Other Side. Let me pray real quick and then we're going to dive in and we'll explain what we're going to do. Uh, hey God, thank you so much for just bringing us here together. Thank you that you're good. Uh, thank you, Lord, that we are who you say that we are. Uh, I pray that we would be reminded of a truth that sometimes we forget tonight. Um, Lord, I pray that would lead us somewhere that you're calling us to go. Uh, I pray you sing your son's name. Amen. Hey, guys, if you're, I mean, you're not new to leadership, but here's what we're going to do. Uh, if you have a notebook, our, our hope is that we'll, you'll be done by 615. But our hope is that there's going to be one thing for you. And in fact, I would say what I'm going to do tonight is honestly one of my favorite campaigners to do. And so this could be a freebie campaigner's for you guys to run with. Um, but if you have notes, get ready to take notes. I think it's a great way to kind of instill that in your campaigners because our hope is that you're doing this one day or you're gonna do what we're doing with high school kids. So, um, hey, one of the first things that's really hard about coming back from like summer, I mean, I know it wasn't summer vacation, but kind of a little bit was, you didn't have club, don't you, Mike? Yeah, okay. Whoa, that's, hi, Mike. Um, Hey, one thing that's interesting coming back from summer, you know, break is that you don't have club, you don't have campaigners, and kind of getting back into the swing of things, going back to the school can just be hard. Like, it's kind of like when you're like, oh, I know it should work out, but I'm, you keep waiting for that next day to go to the school, or you keep waiting for that next thing to happen, because it's, it's a little bit, if you're, if you're like me, it's kind of been nice to have my nights back. Um, that's okay. Maybe you feel that way. Uh, but honestly, there's also a part of me that kind of, I, I've missed what we get to do in Young Life. And I'm excited for club. And I'm excited to go back to the school. I'm excited for campaigners. And so tonight, here's my hope. Two things. One, I just want to remind you of something. That's what I'm going to do. Like, I just want to remind you of something that you already know. Uh, but a, a famous guy once said that you need to be reminded more often than you need to be taught. So you need to be reminded more than taught. So whatever I'm going to tell you, you already know. But I feel like there's times we forget it. And, and by knowing that, I think it calls us to go somewhere. And so for me, uh, because of uh, I have a three-year-old now with Addie Mae, uh, we love to watch like Disney movies. Like she is crazy about Disney movies right now. And it's fun. Like you guys remember, I still like Disney movies, but I haven't seen some of them in like 10 years. And so now watching them like as more grown up, there are these scenes that like you don't pay attention to that now as an adult, you're like, oh my gosh. And like literally, there's a couple times I just start crying. And like I'm not a crier. Like I don't. That doesn't happen. Like I, not that I'm against that. I just don't do it. Um, but every once in a while, it just comes like over me, and I'm like, I don't know what to do with these feelings right now. Like I feel like a middle school boy, and like ah, and I'm just weeping. And um, one of them was during uh, was yeah, I, I shared this story with a couple people. One of them was during uh, the Lion King, and there was this part in the Lion King where. Uh, Simba, which is really hard to explain to a three-year-old why Mufasa died and why Scar killed her. Um, and Scar is like Adam's favorite character, which is just weird. I know. I, I don't get it. I'm not a great parent. I admit it. And I'm worried. But um, anyway, on, on top of that, we were watching this, right? We're watching, we're watching uh, you know, The Lion King. And there comes this time when Simba has kind of left you know, the pride land. And now he's kind of living life by himself with you know, his, two, his two buddies. And he's kind of just forgotten who he was. You know, he kind of felt shame. Pumba and what? I said don't spoil it. Oh, well, spoiler, it's going to happen. I already told you who's going to die. 
Um, so anyway, uh, you have the scene where Simba meets Rafiki, the monkey, and at this point, like he's been gone for a long time. And he kind of has been eating bugs with these other two guys and, and really like forgot that he was like the son of a king. And you can see where I'm going with this. Rafiki looked at him and he goes, oh, you are Mufasa's boy. And he says, well, I, I was. Like, my, my dad died. And he goes, no, he didn't. And he's like, uh, yeah, he died. And he goes, follow me. And all of a sudden, like, Simba's like, wait a minute. Maybe I've been wrong for the last 10 years. I don't know. And so he follows uh, Rafiki, and he gets to this pond. It's this reflection pond. And he goes, dude, this is, just a, this is just me. Like, that's just me in the reflection. He goes, look harder. <laughs> and, uh, and he starts to look. And then these words come out. And I just bawled. It goes, uh, uh, Mufasa is in the clouds, right? James Earl Jones' voice is booming out. He says, uh, Simba, you have forgotten me. And, and Simba goes, I, I, haven't, I haven't forgotten me. He goes, you have forgotten who you are, and therefore you've forgotten me. And then, um, and as I'm starting to tear a little bit, he goes, you have forgotten that you are the son of that you are my son and that you are the son of a king. And I just wept because I forget that. Like that truth, this little nugget that says, um, you have forgotten me. I'm like, no, God, I haven't forgotten you, God. He goes, no, no, you forgot who you are, Alex, and therefore you have forgotten me. And so when it comes to the gospel, I want to remind us of this idea because I think that we just forget about it. Now, we, we all can say the gospel, right? We all, we all have a way. We can even draw it on a napkin and explain the gospel. But the head part of the gospel and the heart part of the gospel, we, we just get mixed up. Like in my head, I go, I know I believe in Jesus, and I know that I am saved by grace and grace alone, and it's all about him. But then I judge my like, goodness of Jesus by how many quiet times I have, how many kids come to camp, how great my club is, when was the last time I sinned, what's my like, record for not sinning, I don't know, fill in the blank, whatever you're struggling with. And I say, um, I'm only as good as my last failure in that sense. And I just forget the gospel all over. I mean, if you guys were there, I mean, you were at, at Leader Weekend, uh, Pete Hardesty asked us to do this thing and he was tricking us and I didn't, and I, I didn't know it. He said, hey, get the person next to you and say, what does God think about you? And if you guys remember this, he goes, hey, what does God think about you? And so I, I looked over, I forget who was sitting next to me, and I was like, yeah, um, I think he's okay with me. Like, I haven't screwed up lately, so that's good. And I, I've been spending time with Jesus, but I, I'm not, like, doing great. So I think he's, like, okay with me. It's, like, where I came to this conclusion. And uh, then he shared with me. And the very next thing he said what does God think about Jesus? And both of us lit up and we're like, oh my goodness, he is crazy about him. Like he loves Jesus. Like he is, he is so happy. I mean, he's like that dad. He's just smiling from ear to ear. And then it hit us. He says, if the answer between the first part and the second part were different, I don't think you know the gospel. And it wrecks me. <laughs> because I think God loves me dependent on what I've done. That's what I feel like. And if I'm honest, I live there all the time. I forget that he loves me not based on what I've done, but what has Jesus done? And so there is why I need to be reminded that he's crazy about me. He utterly loves me. There's a book, uh, Drew Hill, that you've been seeing on social media if you follow anything with Young Life, um, called Alongside. It's a great book. You, you definitely should buy it. 
And uh, there's a chapter seven that I just I just read today. And he was talking about how he always tells his kids this phrase. He goes, hey, I don't love you for what you do. I love you because you're mine. And he says, whenever his kids come in and out the door, he just says, hey, I don't love you for what you do. I just love you because you're mine. And I just love that because I don't believe it in myself. I still believe that if I do something great for Jesus, he'll love me more. And so I wanted to remind us that you are daughters and sons of a king. And not because you did anything. Like if you go and have a thousand kids at club, that God doesn't love you more. And if you go and the school gets shut down, God doesn't love you less. He can't. And you need to be reminded of that. I have some friends to kind of um, share a couple scriptures with us. I'm going to read these scriptures to you, then I'll have them stand up and read them just because it'll be hard to follow. Um, but we're going to read four verses. Uh, Luke 4, 18. We're going to read Luke 4, 18. And then Matthew 11, 28 through 29. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. I mean, this one, like, you're like, is this in the Bible? I always forget to say it. Zephaniah 3, 17. And then I'll read one after that. So that's Luke 4, 18, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Isaiah 55, 1 through 3, and Zephaniah 3, 17. So Josiah, I think, 4, 18. Yeah. All right. Will you stand up nice and loud and read it? Hey, and here's my goal for you guys. Just close your eyes and be reminded of what God is telling you in these verses. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recover the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free. Who's got Matthew 11 for me? Thanks, Shannon. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Who's got Isaiah? He'll delight over you, and he'll sing a song over you. And the very last one is Mark 111. And I think I, this is why I cried when I came to uh, Mufasa scene, because it's a great picture of what happened when Jesus was baptized. Like when Jesus was baptized, it said a voice from heaven came down, and it said, you are my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And I think in my longest heart, I always believed God loved me because he had to, but I couldn't believe he'd be pleased with me. And to know that God doesn't just love you, but he likes you. That he's pleased with you. And that was Mark 1.11. So my hope is this, is real quick. Hey, I hope you remember that you're God's beloved son, that you're God's beloved daughter. I hope you remember that he offers you freedom, rest, fullness of life. I hope that you remember that he delights in you and he sings a song over you. We have to start there because where I go next feels more like work. But if we get this point, it doesn't feel like work at all. It feels like an overflow that should happen. Like, what do we do with this great news? Like, what do you do with the gospel to know, like, when you should be condemned, 
You weren't just let go, but you were given life. Like, what do you do with that? It says in Matthew 5 that, hey, you don't take, like, you don't give someone light. You're, you're not, uh, I guess I'll read this part better. Uh, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives life to everyone. That here we are, God's been giving us this life, this light. He says, you don't go and you hide it. Like, oh yeah, this freedom in the gospel, this is so good. I'm going to go put it underneath my bed and no one can see it. He goes, that's not the point of having a lamp. It's to put it up so everyone can see. And the point of you knowing Jesus, knowing the gospel, knowing you're forgiven, knowing you're loved, is that you would go and share that. Like that would be the desire of your heart. And when it's not the desire of our heart, it's because we forget the gospel. And so if you're coming in here and like, I don't really feel that, you're in a good spot. My, my, my encouragement is go back to Jesus. Go back to these verses. Remember who you are. And here's where it calls us to go. Sometimes this is fun. When you read the Bible, I feel so weird. I have to like stand over here. Um, I like to walk. But when you read the Bible, sometimes when you read it, you just read chapter by chapter. And when you do that, you kind of forget something that happens. Like this is fascinating. In John 13, when Jesus washes uh, the disciples' feet, he then has this little banter with Peter. Where Peter appears like, hey, I will never like disown you. Like where if, if wherever you go, I will go. And I will even die with you. And then he reads... You will, um, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Chapter ends. And you're kind of like, dang, Peter, <laughs> open your mouth, that's what happens. And then Jesus just kind of laid it into him. And it was like, listen, you are going to disown me. But if you take out chapter, like the chapter numbers, listen to the very next verse. So I'm going to read it together. Very truly, if you, you think you'll lay down your life for me, very truly, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If they were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? I love you because, Peter, guess what? You're going to deny me. Don't worry about it. I know you love me. We never read that part because we skip over it. And so tonight, I'm gonna, I, I want to go to one other place. To, that sometimes we forget where we're going. So we're going to Mark 4. So open your Bibles. Go to Mark 4. And then can I ask somebody nice and loud? I'm only going to make you read two verses. Mark 4, 35 through 36. First one there. Just kind of stand up. No big words, I promise. Awesome. Thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, you're going to start now, nice and loud. Uh, on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. Awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, Mike, I, there's a lot to dive into this story, but I don't, I, there's a part of it I don't want us to miss. Um, where do you think Jesus was going? Or we'll put it this way, why do you think Jesus was leaving? Just throw out some answers like there's no right or wrong answer, but why do you think Jesus was leaving this town? Alright, yeah, he's like, I'm out of here, I need to go somewhere else. Simple as that. What else? Why does he think Jesus might be leaving this town? Getting rest. Okay. 
hey, this has been busy, it's hectic, I need to go find rest. Great. What else? Why do you think Jesus might be leaving this town? Okay, because maybe there's people over here who are trying to kill him. So maybe the, the next question might be, where do you think he was going? We never really think about that during this, this, this passage, but where do you think he might have been going? Another city. Another city. Yeah, hey, I love it. The gospel's not stationary, right? It keeps going, so he's going to another city. I mean... Because of him deciding, like, hey, we're going to get up and go, what is the, what, what do the disciples experience because of this? A storm. Okay, what are they experiencing during the storm? Okay, boats are filled with water. What are they feeling? If you were a disciple, what would you be feeling? Terrified? Yeah, great. Terrified? What else? Confused. Why confused? Yeah. First off, he's the one who told us to leave to go to this other place, and now we're in this giant storm and a giant mess. Like, there's part of you that's angry at Jesus. Like, man, you got us into this mess. Like, we were fine where we were. They loved us. They were giving us food. They wanted to make you king. This is great. Instead, we decided to leave and go over here. I love this about Jesus, that he wants to go to the other side. And this is one of those things, again, that if we don't read to the next chapter... We don't know why he went to the other side. So here we go. Can someone read for me Mark 5? This is right after the storm. So shall we figure out where he was going? Will someone read Mark 5, 1 through 5? Stand up nice and loud. Garrisons. That's the word. Just so if you're like, I'm not reading this. Garrisons. Or you can mumble something else. I don't know if that's how to pronounce it. Is it Capernaum? Capernaum. Who knows? All right. Yeah, you got it. Nice and loud. crazy night at sea. It was a terrible, they thought they were going to die. Jesus kind of rebuked the sea, then he kind of rebuked them a little bit. What is the scene they come into? Like, what is happening? Yeah, a crazy man is running up to him. What do we know about this crazy man? Okay, we, there's possessed. I don't know what that looks like, but it can't, like, if you can tell someone's possessed, that's terrifying, right? Like, is his head spinning around? What else? What else do we know about this guy? Okay, he's strong because he's got chains on him. So he's a possessed. Does he have clothes? I don't think so. They're like torn. What do you think it smells like? Like, what do you think he smells like? Someone say death. Literally death because he's hanging around dead people. So you have like a smelly, demon-possessed, has chains on him. Clothes are torn from him, and he's like running towards the boat. If you're a disciple, what are you doing at this point? Yeah, I'm not getting out of the boat. Like, I'm like, this is, why are we going to the other side? And here's this crazy guy spitting up green puke at us, and he's running towards us. And you're like, mm -mm. Like, I can imagine all the disciples are with Jesus like this, and they're like, nope. <laughs> like, let Jesus take whatever's about to happen. 
Okay. What do you think you know about the social standing of this guy? Why is he an outcast? People are afraid of him. Yes, people are terrible. They literally, he was chained up. So, so like the social standing, this is a guy that no one's thinking about. No one is going, hey, I want to go hang out with this dude. Right? In fact, they're chaining him up somewhere. Okay, why do you think Jesus went to the other side? If you don't read the chapter 4 to chapter 5, you're like, Jesus went to the other side. But now it changes. Jesus went to the other side for this guy. We have a God who's willing to go to the other side for us. All right, I want to read the next part. And here's what I need your help with. Newsflash is healed. Okay, this is going to happen. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this part. I want you to tell me, when does it begin to turn? Like, when does, the, when does the tide begin to turn in this, in this conversation between this crazy guy and Jesus? All right, so in verse 6, uh, and when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran, fell on his knees in front of him, and he shouted on the top of his voice, Why do you, oh, sorry, what do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion. That's just freaky. Um, he replied, for we are many. And then he begged Jesus again and again not to send him, in, um, uh, to send him out into the area. And then there's a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. And weirdly enough, Jesus gave them permission. And the impure spirits came out and they went into the pigs. And then they heard, um, and then they heard about 2,000 in number rushed down and they had a pork suicide. They all drank. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the, court and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. Then they came to see Jesus. And they saw the man who had been demon-possessed by, um, by a legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and how he told them about the pigs. And then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region. Okay, this crazy healing happens about. Here's the question. When do you feel like this began to turn? No right or wrong answer, but when do you feel like the, 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 the conversation, the tide began to turn between Jesus and this man? Yeah. When he asked him his name. He doesn't have a name in the beginning. Even then, it's, we, we hear legion, but... We just hear this is crazy demon-possessed man. That's what people call him, crazy man. And Jesus walks up to him and he says, what is your name? Don't forget the power of asking that of a high schooler or a middle schooler, of walking up to a kid this year that no one's asking them their name. And you have the power to go to the other side and say, hey, what's your name? And if they're like me, they'll give you a false name sometimes, right? There's this kid, his name is Gavin, and Gavin came to camp, and it was awesome, but when he first introduced me, his name was Bob. Um, and he was like, you're not Bob. I've never met a 14-year-old Bob. But I love it, um, and, and I love it, the idea of going, are we introducing, are we getting to know people's names? And we know the story. This guy's life begins to be transformed, and cities are transformed after this. I'm going to pause that there. We know the story. Here's where I want to lead us in this last couple minutes. What makes the gospel, the good news, and I need your help here, what makes it good? The shout out. What makes the gospel good? Okay, it's unconditional. It doesn't change. What else? There's peace in it. 
Yeah, there's peace. For everybody? Yes, it's for everyone. Keep going. And we don't earn it. We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. We don't earn it. salvation. It's salvation, yeah. It's eternal. It's complete. It's complete, yeah. You don't, why, you don't, there's nothing else that needs to happen with it. Keep going. This is great. What makes the good news good? It's real. Yeah. We can know God. We can know God. We, we, there's no pathway. Now we can know God. It's such a love. It's what? He does it with love. He's not, I mean, it's not a hellfire thing. I hate, there are these like horror houses that like people put on that literally scare the hell out of kids and make them believe in Jesus, which is terrible. Um, but it's not. It's out of love. What was the other one? Yeah, there's a way that, hey, Jesus, someone said when John 3.16 became real, was when it wasn't just he died for the world, but he died for me. I love it. All right, let's just pause. How do we do all of that well in young life? And I mean here in Columbia in general. Like, how do we do that well with young life? All that stuff. We meet kids on their turf. Yeah, we go, we meet kids on their turf. What else? Right, one at a time. It's not just about the masses. Like we're trying to meet individuals. Okay, there's this authentic relationships where we're trying to build. Yeah, keep going. Okay, that we're letting our yeses be yes, our noes be no. We invite them in. Yeah, we invite them in. Yeah, I, I love when one of our things is love them regardless of their response. Like, I, it's so great. Couple more. Come on. Yeah, there's not a certain kid. And here's the best part about this. Now that we have introduced so many new ministries here that our hearts are breaking for all kids. Great, keep going. We know who we are and that he knows our name. Yeah. I mean, just that song. We, we know who we are. We're not going and, and trying to earn our own salvation by hanging out with kids. Like We're bringing us knowing Jesus. All right, can I ask this question? This one might be harder for us to, to dive into. Um, if that's if this is the good news, there's freedom, there's peace, it's unconditional. Where aren't we doing that well? So we know what we do well. What are things that you would say in young life? And I mean, in our leadership, it might be at your school that you're going. I don't know if I do that that well. Okay, the time that I believe I am the one leading the charge and not Jesus. Yeah. Say that again. Continuously chasing after the people. Yeah. I'm satisfied with my few people here. Hey, I just want to remind you, everyone in this room, you are one of the other side. I'm so glad that, that a guy named Chuck Reinhold, um, and now he's all over Facebook. It's weird. But he would say, I'm so glad Young Life didn't stop before it got to my high school. Love that one. I'm so glad it didn't stop before I met that next kid. How else are we not doing this? That we are not sharing, we're not being a part of the good news. Making attendance at Young Life a condition of our love. Yeah. How you know someone says, Hi, how are you doing? Man, club's going great. That's how you know your heart is young life and not Jesus. Yeah, when I I, I count people to know if I'm doing well. This is the question I want you to take back to your team. And this is where it's fun to do it with campaigners in particular. It's get a white, get a board, get a post-it note, even if they're expensive, get your area director to buy them. Um, what you want to do is ask this question, 
who are the kids, who are the groups of people on the other side that we're not reaching? It is so fun at campaigners to ask that question. Kristen and I were just talking about this, and like, it's, it might be one of the funnest things I, I, I remember doing in Buford. And we just had this board and just started circling, like, no band kids coming. All right, so we just started praying for a list of band kids. It was like, all right, these kids, uh, the kids like you do after school just go home. They don't like they don't play sports, like non-sports kids. Like, all right, we put all those right there. And then it'd be like, all right, we reach like only white people. Like, all right, great. We want to reach like multi-ethnic. We reach everybody in our school, right? Okay, um, hey, we don't know any kid. Like, there's a whole population of disabled kids. We don't know them. Okay, we start putting that up there. And all of a sudden, the campaigners just start putting these things up there. And we just begin to pray, what would it look like if we were to go to the other side and reach them? And it was awesome. And, and, and this happened last year with a kid named Matthew, and, we, and I, we were hanging out. And I remember walking up to meet Bob. And Matthew was like, hey, I know it was my first time at school, and I was nervous, and I was scared. And he's like, Alex, I've been praying for this group of freshmen right here. And I was like, oh, cool, man. Like, what are their names? He goes, I don't know. We're getting closer and closer. He goes, you need to get their names. And like now we're like, close to close, and I'm like, I don't have a game plan. Like, I'm not like a great, like, contact person. And I was like, oh, I like your shoes. And this kid's like, thanks. I was like, I'm Alex. And he's like, I'm Peyton. And then this kid's like, I'm Bob. And I was like, okay, you're not Bob. And then, like, <laughs> thankfully, Matthew started sweeping in, just started, like, shaking their hands and took the conversation over. And every one of those kids came to camp this summer. Peyton, who's been praying for, like, crazy, he led to Jesus this summer. Because he wanted to go to the other side. Well, thanks for listening to the Young Life Midlands podcast. With this new year beginning, look for more content with leaderships and other great stuff coming your way.